eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The kid, he, Brennan texted Dane and I saying that he thinks he sees Jazz and Turrentine look like get into a car with a Georgia plate um, from Hutchinson. And he picks us up at the moor and then we start chasing the car and he's about to turn out of like onto stadium. And then Brennan's like, no, no, no. And he just doesn't do it. I was like, <laughs> Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host, Brendan Sinone, joined by the usual crew, Zach Glossin, Chris Nee. Gentlemen, happy Monday. Yay, Monday. Yay. Boo. All right, so who's covering the youth camp today? Not it. Not it. Nope. No, no you, you're it. Right, What's the name on it? I don't care. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a, a quick episode, I promise. That means I'm now signing this up for like a 50-minute episode, but we're trying to get in and out. Here to do, go over a couple of recruiting updates, a little preview of the week ahead. Uh, let's start with what we're chasing this week. Uh, in the cold intro, you heard me. I was literally chasing Justin Turnitin. Uh Chasing ghosts, I guess. But Zach, we we might actually be chasing the real, actual jazz this week. Yeah, um, we we hinted last week that he could be taking an official visit to Florida State this past weekend. Um, that didn't happen to our knowledge, even though Brendan was chasing someone that resembled Jazz and Tarantino or or the, his car. Um, but no, it looked it looked like him from behind. Okay, yeah, I don't believe you, but. Um, he could visit this week. I'm told uh, we'll keep you guys updated with that. Um, but I'm in, I'm in contact with Justin about it and, and talking to sources, it seems like that could happen. Um, so we'll keep you guys updated, but yeah, I'm not sure about the scholarship status. I'd assume no um, regarding him being like a full ride guy. Um, but since they, they do have two scholarships to use, um, he could be a candidate for that down the line. Well, so let's get into that, uh, and, and we'll update you guys on on Jazz and Turnitin and, and what's been an interesting recruitment and one that's been like tough to like truly pin down. It's like what's happening. This is an unofficial visit. It is an official visit. Does he have an offer? Is preferred walk on offer? Like there, there's been things that have been uh, a lot of noise in the system there. So we will try to continue to to get more exact details and report on them accurately uh, as that develops. But the reason why Zach's mentioning scholarship count there is important because. You know, FSU added uh, Ayo Tafasi last week, and that was one spot they were holding for him at the potential of getting him. They, they got that. 
Uh, then there was another spot that they were leaving open to our belief, and that was for Oregon safety transfer. Damon David, he was on an official visit a week ago. Uh, that was the only official visit he took. He informed Zach last week that he was assigned between Florida State or returning to Oregon. Zachary, I will let you kind of share what, what updated there and how that impacts the scholarship count. Yeah, so on Saturday, I believe, he made his decision. I gave him a call, and, and he let me know that he was staying at Oregon. Um, I, I hinted it, like you said, earlier in the week um, that, that he was choosing between those two um, options, and he decided to opt to stay in Eugene. 2022 Chris, DB recruiting, the gift that keeps giving. Make it make sense. Chris, I was going to throw that to you and, and ask for your opinions on the 2022 DB recruiting, but I guess we kind of know from that response. It's right just there. been a weird deal. I mean, they, they've been lukewarm on some of them. I would not describe the David recruitment as being lukewarm. I think they did want him, that he was fully a take from what I understand. So they have been lukewarm on some of the guys we've dealt with in that scenario. It's just weird to kind of put yourself out there as involved with guys and never really close on any of them. From a PR standpoint, it just looks weird. I think one of the aspects at play, and I'm just explaining it here. I'm not taking a side necessarily on this. Uh, Everyone that that they've really recruited has not been like a guaranteed starter. I think the closest one has been the – Josh uh, Newman, Newton, yeah. Newton, Newton uh, Josh Newtonberg uh, from from Louisiana or ULM. Uh, I think that was the closest one, but even then, I don't think there was like an assured starting spot. And, and so, basically, you know, you're trying to get players in here to be potential death pieces, and that's just a hard sell uh, to an extent. So, I think that's part of what's at play is that no one they've brought in for these official visits has a surefire path to playing time uh, necessarily. So. I do agree with Chris, though. At this point, though, you've, 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 what, five official visits in the last month, two months, um, and you don't add any anyone at that position group, and I think you probably could have used one more from a depth perspective. So, unfortunate. Not not probably going to make or break the roster, but uh, but doesn't help uh, with the optics and, and doesn't help your ultimate you know, attempt to bolster depth at a pretty premium position. So... I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but I am very sleepy. What do we want to talk about next, guys? Official visits, camps, what else we got? Quarterback recruiting. Everybody loves quarterback recruiting. All right. Where was Chris Parson with the N, not with an S, not Chris Parsons, just a singular, Zach. Where was he this week? SMU. He was on an official visit um, with Rhett Lashley and and Co. Rhett Lashley actually offered him at Miami. Back when he was the OC there, got the head coaching job at at SMU and and offered him. Then they got him on an OV, um, which was interesting. You know, we we he posted on Instagram, uh, I think it was on Friday, that he was getting in one of those like travel van things that limo they, they yeah limo buses that they they um they get for official visitors to get to the airport or whatever. Um, so we knew that he was probably taking an official. Dug on it some more. Um, and SMU is the spot that we figured out. Obviously, since then, Chris Parsons like posted his official visit photos from S- SMU. Um, Did you say Chris Parson cool. or Parsons? Parson has mm, posted. Okay, all right, just make toe the line. Toe so that line. Since showing up to FSU's elite camp, Chris Parsons taken an unofficial to Mississippi wow. State the day Whoa. of Top Dog, which was not he did not compete in the camp, but he was there the day of the camp. And then he's taking an official to SMU. 
Those are two schools that he has ties to the area. He used to live in Texas prior to his move to Tennessee. And his grandparents, I believe, live in the Starkville area or nearby. Mm-hmm. And so he has some ties to Mississippi State. I believe his father also has some sort of attachment to either the area or the school. So that is just something to keep in mind with both of those. Chris has gone with sort of a blackout of talking to the media for right now. He did provide to our Mississippi State site following his visit there that something would be decided around before or right after Elite 11, which is the end of June. Yeah, and he's just a note. Um, we've been told that FSU expects him to take an official visit to Florida State this upcoming weekend. We have not directly confirmed that with Chris himself or his camp because, like Chris mentioned, they're on a media freeze or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I believe they're not talking to, like, any media. Um, so it's been, it's been difficult to get info um, regarding his recruitment besides on FSU side. Um, so we're working it. But we expect him to take an official visit to FSU this weekend. And then he'll leave right from the official visit to go to Elite 11, I believe. It's like the 28th or 27th through the 30th um, of this month. So where does FSU go from here? Well, obviously, Chris Parsons still in play. As Zach mentioned, potential for an official visit this coming weekend. Something we're going to be keeping tabs on throughout the week, seeing if he shows up Thursday night, Friday, whenever it would be. Uh, Brock Glenn took his official to Ohio State this weekend. Not a whole lot of feedback has come out from that. I did reach out to Brock last night to just kind of see what's next because He's obviously given himself a timeline of before the Elite 11 to make this decision. Auburn, FSU, Ohio State, definitely contenders, also took an official to TCU. Virginia and Mississippi State were also hanging around in that recruitment. Um, and then Ricky Collins took an official to FSU more than a week ago now on the 10th. We have not been able to follow up with Ricky's. Kept pretty low profile from that. His team at one point was expected at seven on last week. That did not happen. Uh, we were told it pertained to basically the cost of a bus issue to get them over here for whatever that's worth. That's what we were told. And that's about it. And then obviously I'm sure they're keeping some on the back burner that we have not seen them offer, move on, bring in for officials. They did have a 23 quarterback at camp on Saturday, who I think is somebody that they might be keeping tabs on in that regard. But I'm not going to worry about those names yet until these things clear themselves up. And I think all of these things are going to be cleared up by the end of June. That, Ricky Collins, Chris Parson, Brock Lund, I think all of those situations are going to be relatively – we're going to know where things stand when June 30th rolls around. Brendan, should we tell them about our bet? I was going to ask you the same thing in the exact same way. I was going to go, Zach, should we tell them about our bet? Yeah, Zach and I have a bet, a side bet. It's an avatar bet. So uh, winner gets to pick the loser's avatar on the Nose 27 message board. We haven't determined the length of it. Uh, but maybe it should be determined by how the how the uh, subsequent fallout of the bet goes. So basically, uh, Zach is in the camp that they will not have a quarterback commitment on July 4th. Dane and I think FSU will have at least one locked in. And that's the bet. Chris, do you want to partake in this? Nope. What if you, let's say you... You're not a betting man. You don't live your life very dangerously. You don't want someone to mess with your beautiful avatar. I get that. Nose 24-7 on Concord board is sacred to you. But if you did have to, uh, which side would you would you back? Uh, I want to have some conversations this week pertaining to the, this exact subject. So I'm a little, uh feel like I'm ahead of myself by making this bet. But uh, I don't know. I, I think they. Oh, oh, oh. 
I'm not overly confident they have one. Oh, I'm leaning more oh. zero than one. <laughs> Damn it. That's where I stand. But I think they, as a staff, understand that they have kind of painted themselves into a sort of corner, and it has to play out in a positive manner. It's important for them to get a very good quarterback in this class, and they understand that. I think they know that. And I know we've talked about two, but at this point, I think two is sort of unrealistic as things stand in June, not necessarily long term. So that's where we are. Oh, ye of little faith. Let's just, hey, let's just let it play out, okay? No need to rush to anything. Chris is on my side. Let's go. Mm, mm, I don't like that. I don't like my I don't like my company being Dane. No offense, Dane. <laughs> okay, so we were out there. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, we were out at the quarterback camp this week. And uh, there was an individual camp. I dipped out so I go home and write a story. But, but Chris and Zach were at the indie camp as well. I don't know, Chris, you want to give just like a quick update? A lot of it, to me, seems like mostly younger guys that we're keeping an eye on and, and covering at these camps at this point. Not a whole lot of 2023 juice, although you did mention uh, a 2023 quarterback. So let's just get into just a quick rundown, I guess, of what you took away from the weekend. I mean, Kevin Sperry got offered at quarterback camp. He's a 2025 from Texas. He was very good. Uh, excellent clip I've got of him that I haven't been able to share because of the format I got it in. It's him dropping one from the logo at midfield right at the goal line on the hash mark, right into a tight little net, just nailing the bucket throw. Really, really good throw. He had a good day. He was awarded with an offer, and he earned that offer with his performance. I thought the quarterback camp was okay. They had about a half dozen guys who I think are worth keeping an eye on, but all of them were lower classes, 24 through 26 type kids. Uh, Brady Mc, Brody McHorter. I call him Brady on the field. I apologize to him for that today. Brody McHorter. <laughs> is one who I like quite a bit. I knew of him walking in the door. He's from Cass, Georgia. He's a kid that I think is worth keeping an eye on. Jiron Huley, who is from South Florida. He's Juwan Sider. Juwan Sider is his uncle. He uh, already has an offer from FSU. He's from the Blades area. FSU is keeping tabs on him. He was up here. That's some of the quarterback camp type of situations. Who was my indiv- boy? Who was my boy from Jesuit? Will. Uh, Will. Uh, ah. Will. Ah. I created him a profile. I can't remember. 2026 quarterback transferred from one of the schools, I think, in St. Pete to Jesuit. Big arm. Uh, I think he had the longest throw of the day in that camp. Will, do you remember the last name yet? I'm so looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to find it. Oh, boy. This is great podcasting. Will something. <laughs> Will something. Yes, that really narrows it down. Will Griffin. Will Griffin. Go. I knew it began with G. Uh, you know, and, and it may not seem like he's memorable because we can't remember the name, but that's just more groggy eight o'clock in the morning kind of kind of deal. Uh 2026 kid from Jesuit. Uh 6'2, uh 220, I think already. Like certainly he looks more like a linebacker build. Uh and he had a huge arm. So that's someone who will be on the radar. Kind of reminds me, Chris, of when we saw Holden Garnier as a uh, rising, rising freshman, a rising sophomore, I think at that point at the Georgia MVP camp uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, and he's a 2026 kid that you're referencing. So, yeah, a lot of young talent there that they're kind of farming. And then with the individual camps on both Friday and Saturday, that, again, was kind of young talent. Uh, Pepe, Kenya Pepe, kid going to IMG from Los Angeles. He was one of three Los Angeles kids going to IMG that came together. FSU offered him and Zechariah Fort, who's a defensive back. They're buddies. They went to the same middle school. Now they're both going to IMG. Both were very good. Pepe is the kind of kid that just looks apart. He's a 26. Uh, they were jokingly calling him baby Caden Proctor. He kind of looks like Caden Proctor. 
uh, very good offensive lineman in 23 class for those unfamiliar with Caden Proctor's name. Uh, but big kid moves well, long limbed. I think he had an 80 inch wingspan, pretty coordinated for that young of age. I think he's only 14, if I recall correctly, from speaking to him. Performed well, got offered. That's sort of what those camps have been about. Uh, the young man, Zaire Allison, that they offered on Friday is another one. He's down in the uh, Sumner Riverview area now. Used to be at uh, Tampa Bay Tech offensive lineman. He got offered on Friday. That, that's what those camps have kind of turned into for this staff is they're looking for evaluating 25, 26 type kids. They're getting some 23 through the door, but they're mostly like backup plan type kids, kids that they haven't offered for the most part. And here and there are 24 that they're definitely involved with. Saturday was weird. It almost, uh, we jokingly talking with some staff members, kind of evolved into almost like a mini junior day to a degree. Like a guy like Jarvis Boatwright came up. He didn't work camp, but he did come up and visit. Uh, the kids from South Sumter, which includes Malachi Boone, who's a pretty good linebacker in one of the future classes, 25. He came up, he got tour things, and he worked at camp. Uh, the linebackers, Alec Henry and uh, uh, Little Moses, Keelan Moses from Louisiana, they came up, they got tour, they worked camp on Saturday. So there was a good bit of that, but all of those guys that we're talking about are 25 types. So, again, it's very much about those future classes. So from a juice standpoint of recruiting today, what they're trying to do, there's not a whole lot coming out of those things. But from uh, trying to set the table, if they're here long term and they're evaluating for future classes, they are getting value out of the camps in those regards. There was one more name on Saturday that uh, Zach, you had a viral clip because the famous big brother by the last name of Winston. Yeah. 2026 quarterback Jonah Winston, King Jonah P. You guys remember um, when Jameis was here. But yeah, he was a. He's really short. Obviously, he's a he's a 2026, so he's got a, a lot of room to grow. Um, but I I threw that clip in. I mean, it was a nice throw. Um, I didn't watch a ton of him because I got I got to the indie camp kind of late because I was dealing with the official visitor, um, which we could talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool to see him there. I think Jameis's dad was also in town. Um, they actually had him meeting with recruits. Uh, Keith Sampson, the four-star defensive line commit actually mentioned that he met with Winston's dad on the visit. Um, cool. So it's cool to get them back. Um, and obviously if that dude becomes a anywhere close to a top recruit, you got to be all in on him, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was, it was yeah. cool having Winston back at, at Florida State. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they brought a, a group deal of like that, but. Antonor Winston and uh, Otis Leverett and that group from Alabama brought a group of about a dozen kids, uh, which included Jonah. So it was pretty cool to just kind of see them there working. I think most of the kids were relatively younger, like Jonah is. Um, one last note on the individual camp. The 23 quarterback I was referencing was Jackson Gilkey. He worked out on Saturday. He's a big-armed kid, uh, pretty nice ball, can throw it to different spots of the field. Individual camp, stuff like that, receiver, quarterback stuff, it's all kind of sometimes tough to tell how good a guy is because if the receivers aren't very good, basically getting downfield, getting the spots, then it makes the quarterback look like he's missing. But in reality, he's throwing it to where he's supposed to be throwing it according to what's being called by Tony Tokars and the other people running that drill or, you know, vice versa. If the receiver's really good, but the quarterback's not good, it can make the receiver look like, Oh, he's not getting opportunities with the ball to make plays. So that's one of those things where those camps where sometimes it's tough to judge. 
But Gilkey's a kid that definitely looks like he has a D1 arm, D1 body, 6'2", very solidly over 200 pounds, big arm, tight spiral, can push it down the field, can throw into decently tight windows from what I saw there. He was good. He was not great. But I think he's a kid that they might kind of keep warm if they have to work down the board at the position. So let's move on to the official visitor from this weekend. There was only one. It was Blake Nicholson from Montesa, Montesa, California. He's out in California. So I'll let you guys kind of recap what happened with Blake. Uh, some of the FSUs seem to do a pretty good job recruiting up to this point. He's still got a little bit more room to go in the recruitment. Uh, but go ahead, fellas. Let us know what, what happened with Blake's recruitment this weekend. Yeah, so Blake Nicholson, four-star linebacker out of California, takes an OV this weekend. Um, the main connection between him and Florida State is Randy Shannon, the linebacker's coach. His dad is also familiar with general manager Derek Ray. Um, he he enjoyed the visit. I mean, this is his first OB, so he did you know he didn't get, have a ton of uh, experiences before this to compare to. Um, but he said it was great. He got to feel for more for the program and see how it is in the state of Florida. Um, he he got hosted by by California uh, for like he was at IMG this past season, but freshman quarterback AJ Duffy, originally from California. That was his player host. Um, he got to meet some other players like DJ Daniels, Jackson West, and Tate Redmaker. Um, next weekend, he'll be on an OV to Oregon. He says he's going to make a decision before the start of his senior season, so maybe July or August. It'll be interesting because Oregon's got him on campus. After this coming weekend, it'll, it'll have been four times, whereas Florida State's only got him on campus once um, for this official. He did say that he wants to hit um, a game this upcoming season at FSU. He mentioned he, if he could, he'd like to see the Clemson game. Um, we'll see how it goes uh, and whether he makes a decision before the season. You know, I think that if he does make a decision before the season, um, I'd probably go with Oregon. But if he extends it, you know, that gives FSU another shot to get him on campus uh, for an in-season game. So we'll see. Um, FSU put their best foot forward. He was the only official on campus this weekend. So he got him a bunch a bunch of attention from Mike Norvell and defensive coordinator Adam Fuller, he mentioned. Uh, got some photo shoots taken of him and Doak and did a plethora of other things uh, while in town. Sorry, my mic was acting up. Three, two, one. Just add a couple of things on Blake Nicholson uh, beyond us catching up with him on Saturday late in the day because he departed very, very early Sunday. He also spoke with Brandon Huffman, one of our national guys out west. He does a phenomenal job. He reiterated many of the same things he spoke to Zach and us about regarding the visit when he was here. I was told prior to the visit that the family is open to the idea of potentially moving if he was to go from west coast to east coast. So I think distance, while it is obviously always a factor, I think in this case there there is some wiggle room there for FSU if they are convincing enough. I agree with Zach. Oregon is the main competition, probably the one that is most concerning at this stage. Other schools worth mentioning, and it will be interesting if he extends this thing, if they ever get officials, is uh, UCLA and Washington. They've been the main two. I believe he's been to both of those prior, but not as much as he's been to Oregon. He also mentioned Nebraska as another school he might see. That was that was in our video interview with we did with him. Kind of interesting that Florida State seems to be the only I guess Nebraska would count too if he does end up going there, but the only non-West Coast school that he's really considering. That's super, super, super far away from the West Coast. I thought it was interesting. 
Thanks for helping, guys. So I interesting. Because it wasn't that good of a point. Boy, Brendan, I had not planned that. My audio wasn't working, and neither was the actual, like, I couldn't hear you guys for the last three minutes. So you may have already talked about that. Uh, what else do we have this week? We got a big man camp. We got one more seven on seven. It's supposed to be 104 degrees at the seven on seven on Wednesday. Please cancel it. I think well, I don't think it's going to get canceled. Big man uh, camp actually has the potential of having a couple guys we really want to see. DJ Chester is one we expect. He mentioned that in his LSU exit interview after his official this weekend that him and his team supposed to be here Wednesday. We had originally heard last Wednesday that you know wasn't the case. But it does sound like that is happening. It will be interesting if Zechariah Owens is with them. But in the end, it probably doesn't matter because he's probably going to Clemson. Teammate of Chester is another talented offensive lineman that FSU's been involved with. Uh, Kelton Smith's another one we're keeping an eye on. Uh, I don't know if we've independently confirmed that, but that's something we've been told is a possibility for Wednesday. That would be big because he's also supposed to be back next weekend for an official. FSU's trying to combat Georgia there and LSU to a degree who had him this past weekend. What's the head shake for Zach? Kelton's not coming for an official. I don't think. This coming weekend? Yeah. I thought he was on the docket for this coming weekend. On the docket. I have it pulled they're up. Gonna, they're going to try to get him in during the season or in uh, like December. I was told. Come on. Come on, Chris. It's all good. That's an interesting roll of the dice because I'm not sure he's uh, holding out for a decision for that long. They do have a pretty big official visitor weekend coming up as well. Uh, Kedrick Falk, Lucas Simmons, Avery Stewart. Dalen Smothers, Samuel Singleton, Tavion Gatson. That's what we have yeah. right now. And then we mentioned uh, potentially, I almost called him Chris Hummer. Chris Parson as well uh, is also on the list. So, well, there'll, he's there'll not on the list. More. Yeah, there will be some more added to that. I know for sure um, at least one that, that I'll uh, break probably later today. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're going to be monitoring you part tease. for sure. Jack's been such a tease lately. Just like, hey, Twitter, should I tease this? And everyone's like, oh, Zach, you won't do it. And then he does it. Since they're all teasing things, I think there's a fair chance we have a baseball hire this week, especially if Notre Dame loses their next game. Ooh. Hint, hint, clue, clue. I still think it's Lee Jarrett. That's a big tease. It's uh, leaked until it isn't. Um, FSU wants Link Jarrett. I think Link Jarrett definitely has mutual interest. That was never going to happen before his team was eliminated. But I do think it will happen fairly quickly after his team gets eliminated. And if it doesn't, then we'll be moving on to the next names on the list. But the list starts, and they hope it ends with Link Jarrett, just to be clear on that. Another little note, I think Hoops might get a commitment this week. Not a certainty, but I definitely think it's a possibility. Recent official visitor, if you go to the message board, I've certainly talked about it in recent days. What a tease. Mm, Chris, tease. Well, I got to trying to be more like you, Zach. I got a tease for you guys, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's a tease. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 